Republicans impulsively wrestled the House speakership away from Kevin McCarthy precisely three weeks ago today, actually it happened during this program, the act of replacing him has been like the worst, most unserious, but still very watchable reality TV show ever. Backbiting, score settling, alliance making and breaking. And today, a series of secret votes kicking people off the island. The original field of nine Republicans who wanted the job was whittled down this morning from seven, then six, then five, then four, then straight to two and then one. And now he's out. Minnesota Congressman Tom Emmer, the House whip, got his rose today. But literally in the last few minutes since we've been on the air, he dropped out, out of the running. So on to plan whatever we're on. EFG, let's bring into our conversation NBC News correspondent Ali Vitale on Capitol Hill for us and former congressman from Florida and MSNBC political analyst David Jolly. Um, who is what, what is happening, Ali Vitale? <laughs> it's a new record, at least, Nicole. Right, Emerald with three Emerald hours. Had this job of speaker designate. <laughs> three hours, exactly. Yeah. He got it around one o'clock, and my understanding is he walked into the room behind me at around four, dropped out, and left with a smile, but nary a word to reporters. So now they're back to the drawing board, kind of. It's a drawing board that we've already looked at today. Specifically, Kevin Hearn and Mike Johnson will once again vie for this position, which, again, I have no idea why anyone wants at this point. But for Hearn, he is someone who is coming into this with a lot of optimism, having just spoken to him on his way into this meeting. And for Mike Johnson, he is still one of the last people within the existing leadership structure who could potentially rise into the speakership. I have no clue if they will be able to get the 217 that they need. But in order to answer that question, they first have to get the majority in the room. So we'll see which of them comes out with the uh, very coveted title of speaker elect. And we'll go from there. But I think it's important to note, you know, I think because we've talked about it on this show, I'm not someone who thinks that former President Trump is a mover of votes here on Capitol Hill, but it is my understanding, according to one source familiar with what Emmer was doing in these intervening hours while he was trying to see if he could get the votes together, as soon as Trump tweeted saying that he was a rhino and that he basically didn't support him for this job, that's, I think, when Emmer realized the writing was on the wall. Because although Trump doesn't move votes, he can kind of stop votes from moving. And I think that could be one of the things that spelled doom for Emmer even sooner. But it is the short shortest lived speaker elect bid that we've at least seen here. I'll go to our house historian, Kyle Stewart, one of our producers, to see what the shortest one actually is. But this has got to be in the run. This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Tuesday, 24 October, Year of Our Lord, 2023, the afternoon and early evening edition of A War Room. Thank you. Uh, another historic day. Uh, this one, uh, 
the war imposter, you manned the ramparts and got this done. President Trump came in with absolutely a brutal uh, tweet or truth uh, social during the middle of this that buried Emmer. Uh, we have a clip. We have Congressman Troy Nels is going to join us, but we have a short clip. Let's, let me play this clip and I'll bring the congressman. Well, I kind of like the idea of Donald J. Trump, quite honestly. He's the leader of our party. I've said that from the beginning. I'll continue to say it. We threw our all-stars out now. The top three we had with the speaker, with the majority leader, with uh, Jim Jordan. Now we've got eight others, great candidates, Mike Johnson, all these others. And we've rejected those. I mean, what are we going to do? Go down and just put everybody in the name in the damn hand? Maybe for the first time in the history of our conference, we should consider somebody from the outside. I suggest, and I'll suggest it if we go to the House floor for a vote, that it, it is our leader, Donald J. Trump, for 100 days. 100 days. I told the president you may have to adjust your golf schedule, your golf game, because we'll be busy, but I think he would be willing to do it for 100 days. So are you planning on all staying in With his relationship with him, I'm not going to discuss with you what I talked about with President Trump other than my idea to put him up here for 100 days. So are you all planning on just staying in this room for now? Or I guess so. Break up? We'll pack a lunch. Thank goodness my office is right across the hallway because I go back and forth and have me a good cigar. Congressman Troy Nels joins us now. Congressman, this is not actually a crazy idea. Walk me through your logic on this. Well, Steve, let's look at it now. We've had 12 candidates that have offered themselves up uh, to serve their country, serve this conference as Speaker of the House. We had our all-star team. We had McCarthy in there, Steve Scalise. We threw him out. We threw Jim Jordan, the second most popular Republican, out. And then we had eight or nine others willing to put themselves up front and serve our community. And we've rejected all those, too. So now here we're to the point now, what are we going to do? Go into a third round now? Are we now going to pick somebody who really doesn't even want the job? But we're, we're, our, our bench is very thin, Steve. And I just said to myself, Jim Jordan, the second most popular Republican, he should have been our speaker. He was rejected by 20 or 23. So I don't think really, I don't know if anybody can get there. I've even said that the Lord Jesus couldn't get the 217. So if Jim, the second most popular Republican, why don't we bring in our first? Why don't we bring in our all-star, the leader of our party, and put him in here for, for 100 days? Let him come in here and fix this place, clean this place up, unite our conference, and make sure that we do everything possible to ensure that he gets into the White House in 2024. It just makes sense to me. Congressman, if you look at the critical path, because we had advocated the 100 days, too, if you look at your critical path of the next 100 days, a lot of this is not just uniting the conference, but some very tough negotiations, tough negotiations on a CR, tough negotiations on getting all the appropriations done, the conference with the, the Senate appropriators, then with the White House, make sure we don't get an omnibus. Everything's going on geopolitically, the invasion on the southern border, and it, it will even leave the investigation aside. I don't. I can't think of someone in the conservative movement or in MAGA that has a better skill set than Donald J. Trump for the next hundred days. Do you? No, that's exactly right, because he's a he's a proven warrior. His success when he served as a president for four years. So if you there's a guy, he knows how to make a deal, the art of the deal. And I think he could do just that. I think he can cut deals. He can make sure that the hundred days he's here, they are successful I think having him walk into our conference and, and talk to the members there and even those that have some reservation about him, 
whether it's my colleagues, my friends from New York, I'm telling you, you're stronger with Donald Trump in the primary and the general election. It will be fantastic for you. Donald Trump will carry the water for us. So let's do the right thing. Let's bring in Donald Trump because the, the sad fact is we haven't brought in anybody. I mean, even with Tom Emmer, Tom Emmer didn't get the 200 votes. So I, he dropped out of this thing, but I didn't think he could get there in the first place. So let's quit playing around. Let's bring in Donald Trump, the leader of our party, and let's do what's right for America and put the American people first. I think he would have my support Congress, as well as others that I spoke to. Also, one of the things that's happening, you tell that some people, the Byron Donalds, are the, are the, they're trying to do this on the fly. In your plan, because I think your plan actually has, because they want to put McHenry up as a compromise to the Democrats. I think Trump as an interim makes sense because wouldn't it give Donalds and Hearn and Johnson and whoever else is out there in the conference, it would give them 100 days to socialize, to talk to the five families, to, to put their plan forward, to be able to think it through. It would give them time to actually get a plan that could unite the conference on a go-forward basis, couldn't it? That's right. What a hell of a team that would make when you got Donald Trump as the speaker and you have strong leadership with whether it's Steve Scalise, Jim Jordan, Byron Donalds and all these other guys. Uh, I, I think that you put those bright minds in the same room that we will make the right decisions uh, in, in the House of Representatives. And again, it's temporary. It's 100 days. You know, people said he's running for president. We can't have him. He's got to be running for president. Folks, let's be clear. The primary's over. The primary's over. Donald Trump is our candidate. He's going to be our nominee. I think he could handle being up here for 100 days. And he would do it. I believe he would do it because he loves this country. He loves the Republican Party. And he wants us to get back on track. He's watching television. He sees what's happening in Israel. He knows what's been happening in the Ukraine. None of this would have happened. None of it would have happened if he would be in the White House right now. So I think we've got a proven leader in Donald Trump. And let's get to work and bring him in here for 100 days. Congressman, what's your social media, your website, the office? Because I know a lot of this audience is going to want to try to make contact or, or figure out how to help you do this, because this has a brilliant internal logic to it. That makes total sense. It just somebody just has to step up and make it happen. So how do people get more access to you that they can come to your aid? This is the same group that just beat up Emmer. <laughs> so this is and they beat up Emmer because he was never Trump. Um, how do these people reach out to you? How do they make contact? It's at Rep Troy Nails at Rep Troy Nails. Pretty easy to find me. Listen, I'm an America first patriot. I'm a supporter of Donald Day Trump. Let's make sure that he gets the White House in 2024, and that's what we should be doing in Congress, helping him get there. God bless. Congressman, thank you so much. Brain idea. Let me bring in another one of the warriors, Alex Brusowicz. Listen, Alex, uh, I, let, me, let me get the, the, uh, the unpleasant part out of the way first. You and Price in, this, in, that, in that group of yours are some of the most uh, effective influencers, hardest workers, people that have a sense of what's going on. President Trump came in with this true social and it was brutal and it was needed. I think that I think that definitely uh, got people's attention because there was a lot of rumors around it. And particularly, I think it waved some people off who are who are strong Trump supporters who might have been, uh, you know, thinking about uh, thinking about going with Emmer. So it was very powerful and came in at the perfect time. However, we should have never been in this situation. You, you need a political operation that is on top of things. You need a pr President Trump. He's got too much on his shoulders. Uh, he, he's got 
a four indictments, 91 charges, 700 years in federal prison, the, you know, in all different venues. They're all over him. He's up in a courtroom right now where they're trying to liquidate his company. He's running. He's 60 points ahead and running in a, in a presidential primary where he's got every wealthy billionaire that's trying to come up with every different idea how to defeat him. He's, he's got too much on his plate. Um, he can't be figuring out like doing a whip count on a, on a guy like uh, 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 Emmers who's telling people, oh, yeah, I'm really pro-Trump. I love Trump. I campaign for Trump. What do we got to do here about like getting a, a real political operation where you've got killers like yourselves, Price and others that are actually on Capitol Hill and getting things done and putting forward Trump's agenda? Well, look, I think from the campaign perspective, uh, the campaign is crushing it. President Trump is up by 50, 60 points in the in the polls. And on that end, I think the campaign theme has been phenomenal. Um, you know, if President Trump picked up the phone and, and called uh, and asked me to come on board and join his political team, I absolutely do that in a heartbeat. Uh, but I don't know if I have to necessarily uh, be on the official team to be making a difference. I was working with a lot of the 26 holdouts uh, during this time period, Emmer was never going to be uh, a choice. And I know that you uh, were very firm on that as well. Uh, Laura Loomer was very great on that. D.C. Drano have been on the front lines pushing back against that. And so uh, I don't think we necessarily have to be in uh, the room to be making a difference. Um, but, you know, Tom Emmer was never a friend of President Trump. And uh, you tweeted yesterday, uh, kiss the ring or the kiss the ring call uh, that Tom Emmer uh, called President Trump to suck up and, and turn some support. And you were spot out about that. And, and he's a total phony. He's not with us at all. And God bless people like Jim Banks, Troy Nels, Corey Mills, Max Miller, Marjorie Taylor Greene that held the line and said, hey, we're not with you because you're not with us. And so that they deserve a lot of respect. For that, and some people that voted to oust McCarthy and then voted for Emmer, uh, they don't look like they did the first thing in principle. They did it more in politics. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think that one through. By the way, I want to say that I I reposted the great Tim Miller, former RNC spokesman, now MSNBC contributor, who's no friend of MAGA. He actually put that up or retweeted. Alex, hang on for a second. We're going to take a short commercial break. What I want to do when we get back is actually go through and how did this happen? Because this is the self-organizing principle that's making the MAGA movement just a such a massive political force. The force that's in back of President Trump. He's got a 50 or 60 point lead in this primary, as Alex just said. And he's going to destroy Joe Biden. Short commercial break. Emmer is out. What's next in the war room? We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CC. Last month, the G20 announced a plan to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on their respective populations. No, I'm not making that up. That is a fact. Central bank digital currencies essentially allow the government to track every purchase you make. They could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products or easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. Let that sink in for a second. In essence, they enable the government to take more control over your personal finances. Concerned Americans are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, you should call Birch Gold 2. 
But learn for yourself. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and they'll send you a free info kit on gold. The easiest way to become a Birch Gold customer, if you have an IRA or 401k from a previous employer just gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you convert it into IRA into gold. And you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Let me repeat that. You don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text Bannon to 989898. Claim your free info kit on gold. Then call Birch. Because if digital currency becomes a reality, and trust me, they're on the path to make it so, it'll be nice to have some gold to fall back on. It's only worked for 5,000 years of mankind's history. Let Birch Gold work for you. Bannon. 989898 Texas right now. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bann. The Washington Post has got a, a piece up. It's in one of their uh, affiliate papers. I'll get up. But, but they admit today, and I'm going to show you in print, a two trillion, over $2 trillion deficit. They backed out the phony number of taking away the, um, the college loan scam. $2 trillion. We're going to get into that and what, what it's doing to destroy this country. Also, the invasion of our country. I'll go in a second when I finish with Alex to Ben Burkwan. Ben has made it from the courtroom in New York City. He's made it down to the Delmarva Peninsula. We'll go there in a moment to talk to one of the brave law enforcement officers that are trying to stem the tide of lawlessness and anarchy brought about about this invasion, the two most critical issues facing the nation. Alex, I just, I just for the audience's sake, this is important because you're one of the main drivers of this, you and the D.C. Dranos and Price, all that. You've got – when we left the air today – they had just finished the fourth or getting close to the fifth uh, vote where he was becoming the speaker designee as the never Trumper. And then we come back on at five and he's already said no mas. He, he, he threw in the towel. Just walk. Give me a minute or two. How did that happen? How did Because this was purely President Trump came in, I think, about two o'clock, two thirty with that brutal uh, true social post. But this was a self-organizing effort by all of MAGA. Tell me how it happened. Absolutely. I, I think our people are fired up. They are sick of watching our country go to hell. They're sick, sick of watching the Democrats use the, uh, the Department of Justice to target people like you, target President Trump, uh, and just attack our movement, and, and nobody's fighting back against it. And so uh, we aren't going to settle for a speaker that is not prepared to fight. If Speaker McCarthy all of a sudden says, I'm going to do all these different things, I think they'll welcome Speaker McCarthy back into the fold. But we aren't going to just sit back and let Republicans in Washington, let the Democrats get away with this. And so they're fired up. They're engaged. People like you are telling them to stay involved. And I think that Republicans are going to have to uh, eventually pick a speaker, obviously. Uh, President Trump for 100 days would be amazing. But I don't know if President Trump wants to do that. And I'm seeing like people like Elise Stefanik's name emerge. I know Elise is a friend of the program. And uh, what I like about Elise is that a lot of Republicans, when they go to Washington, D.C., they get more liberal. Elise went to Washington, D.C. and became more conservative. She's one of President Trump's strongest allies in Washington. And what I also like about her is that she surrounded herself with a lot of competent uh, consultants. And you know just as well as I do, Steve, is that it's not just the member or the politician that matters. It's who's in the office. Alex DeGrasse is a friend of the program as well. He's as mega as they come, and that's her right hand. And so, um, you know, if we're, we're if we can't get one of a Byron Donaldson, or if we can't get a Jim Jordan in. I look at somebody like Elise Stefanik that is able to build a coalition that 
can unite MAGA and bring some of the moderates into the fold. Uh, she's she's become a more talented politician and significantly more conservative over the years. And um, she's a name that I'm hearing a lot of chatter about at the moment. Yeah, I think what's going to be important, we need, particularly Alex, you know, when we win in 24, what we have to do to really deconstruct this government, to start to take the American empire, which has dragged this country down and start to get real alliances, not protectorates, what we have to do to make America first, particularly uh, shut down the border and start the mass deportations. We need the House to be totally aligned because we've got, we're going to have the we're going to have the McConnell problem. We just got to face that. We need a team in leadership in the House that is directly in sync with President Trump and his team on policies, on moves, on all of it. That is the, that is the most important point. And if we can't get President Trump for 100 days because he's got a couple other things going on, then we have to get a team that's completely aligned with him, can speak his language, and can work with his team. Then you, know, you got DeGrasse or others, or if it's Byron Donalds, we just have to make sure whoever whoever's doing this is totally in line with what President Trump's doing. Alex, how do people get to you on social media? You were you were absolutely main battery, as we say in the uh, surface warfare business. You were main battery on this. Um, how do people track you? Uh, you can follow me at all social media platforms at Alex Bruzewitz. And, um, you know, thank you for the kind words, Steve, and thank you for being uh, a leader in this fight. And you have one of the most important voices in the country. And, uh, you know, it's always great to join you. By the way, it's simple. It's uh, this audience. I've never seen, Alex, I've never seen this audience as fired up. They are on point. They're getting the work done. So and, thank you so much. Honored to have you on here. Great work today. Their phones are ringing off the hook, man. They, they know it. Their staff knows it. <laughs> and uh, I think Ember knows it. That's why Ember gave up after the first punch. <laughs> He gave up, man. I, I thought he was a hockey player. I thought he was going to take this one a couple of rounds, but it wouldn't be. So let's count our blessing. Thanks, Alex. Also, uh, when Alex talks about the phone calls and what you're doing, man, in the ramparts, there's a huge story in political. I've just put it up on Getter, and if Grace and Captain Bennett could get it out, uh, and, uh, and Carly Bonet, let's get it out to all the War Room audience, all the posse right now. The $106 billion supplemental is in deep trouble. The reason is in deep trouble. They know that you absolutely reject it. So I want you to read that article. I'll break it down in the second hour. We need to get on that too. So it's no time to rest, even while they're over there thinking about what's the next steps in the speaker battle. The most important thing facing this country is the invasion of the southern border. Uh, ben Burkwam, who's been from the Darien Gap to Midtown Manhattan to, do, to focus on the story, which is absolutely amazing, is now in Delmarva. He was, as you know, this morning... He was in Midtown, and even with covering President Trump's uh, the liquidation of his company by the out of control uh, New York, uh, you know, the New York Attorney General, he really had the Alex uh, Ben. Your story was really more about the invasion of the southern border. You did great reporting today. Where are you now? Who are you with? And tell me what's happening down on the beautiful Delmarva Peninsula about the invasion of our country. Well, Steve, as you mentioned, we started with President Trump, but we're down here in Salisbury, Maryland, uh, Wicomico County, Maryland, with Sheriff Mike Lewis. And I just have to have Mike tell you this. Uh, Sheriff, talk to us. You were just telling me about this, what the Democrats have done in the state of Maryland with your jail, with crime. And this all connects back, Steve. And then what's going on on our southern border? As you have guys like Gavin Newsom coming out saying that crime is down in America. Talk to us about what has happened here. It's, it's truly shocking. Well, first of all, there's a big difference in crime statistics versus arrest statistics. 
the crime statistics have gone through the roof. Our arrest statistics have gone down dramatically because we can't arrest people anymore. They've changed laws dramatically here in Maryland. They passed unprecedented legislation that enables criminals, specifically juveniles, to commit unprecedented levels of crime. We can't arrest a juvenile for hardly anything right now. Just over my right shoulder, we have a 12-year-old that is incarcerated in the juvenile detention facility for the murder of his two-year-old brother, wrapped a cord around his neck and hung him from a bedpost. When sheriff's deputies arrived on the scene, that's what they found on a Saturday afternoon. Quite frankly, I was shocked they held the 12-year-old in the death of his two-year-old brother. But in most cases, we're apprehending juveniles every single day, in many cases with guns, loaded firearms, with extended magazines like we had Sunday, with a 34-round extended magazine in any gun, and most of the time they are released and back to the custody of their parents. We're finding kids in automobiles that are valued at $100,000 each, following a brief pursuit, we take them into custody, we can't charge them with anything. Instead, we drive them home to mom and dad and cut them loose because of laws that have been passed here in the state of Maryland, most recently as last year, that virtually allow criminals to conduct criminal activity undetected, unmolested, unabated. We can apprehend them all day long, but they're not allowing us to do anything with them and drive them home for the most part unless it's a crime of violence. Now, directly over my left shoulder, what I'm pointing to right now is the Wicomico County Detention Center, which holds 635 people. We average now between 180 and 220 inmates because they've abolished bail system in the state of Maryland. That was full when I first became sheriff back in 2006. I'm in my fifth consecutive term as sheriff, spent 22 years as Maryland State Trooper, and my 40-year law enforcement, and I've never seen it this bad. All because of progressive lawmakers in Annapolis, Maryland, who have turned our state upside down. Criminals know that they can move to the state of Maryland and commit their crimes now with, two, with little or zero accountability. They've hamstrung us from day one since they've started this aggressive uh, agenda up in Annapolis. And it's affecting my ability to attract and retain sheriff's deputies. And that goes with how, how, attracting the fentanyl, the, the uh, cartels, hey ben, the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, go ahead, Ben, Steve. hang on for one second. How's, how, how, ask the sheriff, how dangerous has that made that just for what he just described? How dangerous has that made that for the citizens? It's made, and, and that's just it, Steve. It's made it very dangerous for the citizens. Because the citizens, I get calls all the time. Why aren't you doing more, Sheriff? Why aren't you guys doing what you used to? I said, we can't. They've passed legislation prohibiting law enforcement from doing our job. For God's sake, Steve, they actually changed the force continuum in the state of Maryland. They changed their, we no longer can arrest different, different, certain people for certain crimes. Instead, when it comes to use of force, it's no longer what's objectionably reasonable in the use of force. It's whatever's considered necessary and proportional. Well, when they pass the law, when state lawmakers pass the law telling cops you can no longer shoot or use deadly force on anyone under the old objectionably reasonable standard, now it's whatever's necessary and proportional. Well, try getting a definition on necessary and proportional. When we finally did get a definition, days before the law went into to effect from our own attorney general, it was a 36-page opinion that still did not define when we could or could not use lethal force. That went into effect last year, so we're still waiting for the first test case. So each deputy, each trooper is still waiting to be indicted. We never know from one second to the next. And I'll tell you what it's resulting in. It's resulting in police officers being seriously injured, maimed, and disfigured. And last year, on June the 12th, 2022, I had a sheriff's deputy shot and killed in this county because he went to use his taser as opposed to his firearm and a suspect turned around with a laser sighted farm, a thug who had 29 previous interactions with law enforcement and at the age of 21 snuffed out the life of my deputy. The proud father of three beautiful children, 
he was killed because instead of using his firearm, he used his taser. We're all scared to death to go to jail. We now have an independent investigation division under the attorney general's office who now has sole prosecutorial authority on law enforcement officer involved shootings. Not our local state's attorneys, not our elected state attorneys who are elected by the people in our counties. It, they now have prosecutorial authority over all cops. And by the way, Steve, the chief prosecutor in the IID, the Independent Investigation Division, is none other than a woman by the name of Dana Mulhauser, who was recruited from Ferguson, Missouri, the St. Louis area, following what happened out there in the Michael Brown incident. Wow. She's now the chief prosecutor. Wow. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Sheriff, hang right there. Ben, hang right there. We're going to take a short commercial break. I want to give a thanks to our sponsor, Birch Gold. Go to birchgold.com right now. Ask the question of Philip Patrick. Why has it been, why has gold been a sense of, had a sense of value for 5,000 years? Short commercial break. Back in the warm in a moment. Are you prepared for the unthinkable ahead? We all need to pray for the best, but prepare for the worst. That means stockpiling emergency food before it's too late. Right now, go purchase a three-month emergency food kit from MyPatriotSupply.com. This is the nation's leader in self-reliance. Order your today by going to MyPatriotSupply.com. Every family member needs their own kit when disaster strikes. These three-month kits from MyPatriotSupply.com give you an abundance of delicious meals, providing over 2,000 calories a day. You'll have plenty to eat when everyone else is scavenging empty store shelves. Stock up now because you won't get a warning when disaster hits. Order by 3 o'clock today, and your order ships the same day for free. The unthinkable can happen at a moment's notice. So don't wait for a crisis to hit. Prepare today and become self-reliant no matter what the future holds. And remember to pray. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, MyPatriotSupply.com. Use your agency. Action, action, action. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bann. Okay, let's go back to the Delmarva Peninsula, Sheriff uh, Mike and uh, Ben Burkwam, uh, Mike Lewis and Ben Burkwam. Ben, go ahead and take it. I want to hear about fentanyl. I want to hear about the illegal alien crime. I want to hear what's happening to that. One of the most beautiful parts of the country, Ben Burkwam. Guys, just get ready. I'm just telling you, just get ready for this. It's not just BLM. It's not just the, the Sorosing of our DAs. Sheriff, talk to us about the impact, the border impact on your community. Well, make no mistake about it. Um, what crosses the border today is in my backyard tomorrow. We're seeing it every day. And, and just three weeks ago when I was down in McAllen, Texas, and talked to you, Ben, uh, I had just returned from a briefing uh, where my deputies have been violently assaulted on a call uh, involving illegals in the southern part of my county. And then on the way back to the sheriff's office from that call, they were nearly struck head on by a pickup truck that was traveling southbound and northbound lanes of U.S. Route 13 right here on the Delmarva Peninsula. When he got turned around and got the truck stopped, another illegal alien operating that truck. He was extremely intoxicated, was taken into custody. But as, as you well know, uh, nothing happens to them. They're simply released. Uh, they will not incarcerate. They've abolished the, the bail system here in the state of Maryland. Maryland. Uh, we have a jail that typically has between 180 and 230, 220, 230 people in it. And uh, we're usually hovering around 180, 190 right now. But we can hold 635 people. It was four years ago. It's no longer full. So the fentanyl that crosses the border today in, in 2013, the United States Border Patrol seized 22.7 pounds of fentanyl, the first time it was ever seen or in, in coming into the United States or seized for that matter. 
Nine years later, in 2022, last year, they seized just under 9,000 pounds of fentanyl. That's by the United States Border Patrol. That says nothing of what the deputies and troopers are doing across this state and their interdiction efforts on our interstates, on our U.S. routes, and all the arteries coming into our major cities. Uh, right now, the United States is awash. This is a national security crisis that affects Americans every single day. It's not what happens down at the border. They're not staying at the border. They're coming deep into the United States. I live in the mid-Atlantic region of the United States of America. We are awash right now with illegals here in this county. And, and whether you know this or not, we had a state circuit court judge executed last Thursday here in the state of Maryland, in Hagerstown, Maryland, executed in his driveway. Who was the suspect? A man whose case he heard earlier that day in court where he awarded custody of the man's four children to the strange wife. The judge was stalked. He was executed in his driveway and the man has vanished. Where is he from? Who is he? A Venezuelan national. No one knows where he's from. No one knows where he's from. Was he, you saying he was illegal? Oh, I don't know if he's legal or not. We're not allowed to ask that question. Are you here illegal or not? We can't even ask that question now. On traffic cops, during arrests, we're not even allowed to ask someone their legal status here in the United States. That is prohibited by state law. Hold it, Ben. I want to ask, before we leave the sheriff, you guys, you know, the Delaware, Maryland, Virginia Peninsula is between the Chesapeake Bay and the Atlantic Ocean. It's the land of pleasant living. It's one of the most gentle, nicest, most beautiful parts of the country. And you're telling me it's basically a crime hellhole now, principally because of fentanyl and because of uh, the crime coming up from the border? Without a doubt, Steve, we're actually having daily meetings right now with my state senator, who is a very conservative state senator, Miss uh, Mary Beth Carosa, and my local state's attorney, Jamie Dykes, to address the massive increase in crime. It's affecting everyone right now and the illegals. And there's no accountability right now. And I frequently get phone calls. What are you guys doing about the illegals? And we can't ask questions any longer. We're no longer allowed to ask anyone regarding their legal status. So and, and what people don't understand is when we do arrest someone, oftentimes there's a clear language barrier. I don't speak Spanish. Most of my guys don't speak Spanish. I do have guys that are fluent in Spanish, but very few and far between. So we have to hire state translators at a cost to taxpayers. We have to hire them to come in and, and be translators, not just at their initial appearance, but at their suppression hearings, at their trial hearings. And it's very costly to the American taxpayer, certainly to the Maryland taxpayers. Unbelievable. Uh, ben, what's what's the social media? Ben, where do they get you on RAV, all your, what you're posting? And I know you're going to do a ride with the sheriff. Sheriff, do you have social media? How do people find out more about you? Uh, Wicomico County Sheriff's Office, we are on Facebook. They can certainly Google me and find my Facebook. I'm on Facebook under Sheriff Mike Lewis, on Facebook under Mike Lewis. Uh, but have them Google the Wicomico County Sheriff's Office. Uh, my number, my contact information is, is very much public, and I welcome any comments. And by the way, I'm going to be, a sheriff was just telling me about something where the, the state lawmakers are trying to limit sheriff's ability to speak publicly because they know they have such a big impact. We have to stop that in Maryland. We have to stop that across America. Uh, I know, Sheriff, you stand with President Trump and all of this, uh, but every single sheriff, these guys are the last line of defense when it comes to law enforcement in our states. You know, and, and I want the American people to know this, Steve, and I want you to know this. Uh, under the Trump administration, I personally was at the White House countless times uh, under President Trump, as were a number of other sheriffs from across the nation. But we weren't just meeting with the president. 
uh, for political purposes. We were meeting with the president every single time for a meeting. We were addressing serious crime in our nature. We were meeting with, with, uh, in our country. We were meeting with Department of Homeland Security officials. Every time we went there, there was a nexus to criminal cases we were working. The president was very much interested in what we were seeing, what trends we were seeing across this country. Uh, since President Trump left office, we have not. When I say we, I can confidently say every single sheriff that I went to the White House with, not one of us has been invited back to Washington, D.C., specifically the White House. Not one of us. It's National Suicide. Uh, you guys can follow me at Ben Burkwam. And uh, next episode, Law and Border, coming out. Actually, we have a special episode coming out Thursday, so stay tuned for the details on that. We'll get uh, Sheriff Lewis. You, you and your men and women, be safe uh, protecting people out there. Just absolute incredible. Thank you, sir. That's what's happened Steve, to your I country. That's you for this fight on Capitol Hill's bet. Thank you, brother. We're just here. We got the easiest job in the world, putting heroes like you up. Look what's happened to this country. You got guys like uh, like Sheriff Lewis. I mean, this is the backbone of the country. Keep people safe. Look what's happened. Overwhelmed because of an invasion on the southern border and the Democrats are in back of it, the, the elites are in back of it, and nobody will lift a finger to stop it. And people are dying. Uh, the fentanyl's killing people, destroying these communities. The cost of it is out of control. You're gonna, you're, it's going to affect education, health care, all of it. All of it. Do we have enough time? Let's play. I got uh, Joe Allen is about to start a big tour. I got to get this in on Joe. This book is on fire. Let's play the cold open and bring Joe Allen in. But I, like, I would be surprised if we do, if, if we do, if there is not digital superintelligence in roughly the five or six year time frame. The more and more you have drones, and what's the actual threat of autonomous weapon systems? How does it go wrong? I think it should be required. Right. So that's no, a, no, no, no. I think it should be required that only aerial vehicles are automated. Okay. So you want to go the other way? I want to go the other way. Okay. I think it's obvious that the machine is going to make a better decision than the human pilot. I think it's obvious that it's in the best interest of both the attacker and the defender and humanity at large if machines are making more of these decisions and not people. I think people make terrible decisions in times of war. This goes back to the whole, this is that whole thing about like the self drive. Does the self driving car need to be perfect versus does it need to be better than the human driver? Yeah. Does the automated drone need to be perfect or does it need to be, need, need to be better than a human pilot at making decisions under enormous amounts of stress and uncertainty? As a leader of a country that is an AI player and could be a big player if we have our way, and I think we will. Now we want to increase the blessings for not only for ourselves, but for all of humanity. So if we were to be so dumb as to create the entities that are much more powerful than us that don't share our goals, yeah, that's a really bad idea. I mean, in Israel, I think you understand really, really well that if you have a bunch of other beings who are intelligent and don't share your values, you know, it can go really badly, right? We could also, I think, very likely end up in a situation where people have no jobs because there are no people anymore, where we literally go extinct. With AI, are we on the brink of a new era or the end of humanity as we know it? Imagine a world where our brains merge with machines, our DNA can be upgraded, and our very essence exists in a digital realm. Is this the world that is coming? How will these advancements change the very fabric of our society, our values, and our identities? What does it mean for our spirituality and connection to a higher power? Join us on Wednesday, November 15th in Nashville, Tennessee, 
for an exclusive event with author Joe Allen that dives deep into the world of technology, spirituality, and the future of humanity. Discover the philosophy, dangers, and profound implications of a post-human world. Join us live in Nashville for this event or virtually on our live stream access. Visit our website to get tickets while seats are still available. All proceeds from this event are going to charity. Wow. Joe Allen, big league, man. What a, that is a quite, a, so the tour is going to start. The dark Aeon tour is about to start. You got me wanting to go to Nashville. Walk us through what's going to happen and walk me through that, that cold open, man. I was scared enough coming away with Sheriff Lewis. You made me feel even worse. Yeah, Steve, this is all in addition, obviously, to everything that's happening at the border, everything that's happening in Israel, everything that's happening in Ukraine, and it rides on top of it. That was, of course, the venture capitalist Mark Andreessen. He met today at uh, Chuck Schumer's AI Summit uh, on Capitol Hill alongside Max Tegmark. That was the second person we heard there. Mark Andreessen recently published his techno-optimist manifesto. The manifesto has a number of uh, agreeable things for those on the right, but I think there's a few things that really should be highlighted. The number one passage I would like to highlight is this. In his manifesto, he declares, we believe artificial intelligence is our alchemy. We are literally making sand think. They are making rocks that speak. Uh, it's a spiritual impulse. And if Denver can throw up a recent tweet that Andreessen put out, it is the height of the cyborg theocracy. These guys believe that they will conjure an intelligence in a machine that will not only be able to more effectively kill other human beings, but will also save humanity from our worst impulses and from nature herself. Uh, this is going to be the topic, uh, the overriding topic of the tour coming up. First stop, November 5th, Indianapolis. Next stop, Pittsburgh. Pennsylvania, November 8th, November 15th, a very special event in Nashville, Tennessee at the Phoenix Lodge. You definitely want to get your tickets. Promo code JOEBOT, uh, 10% off. After that, Kansas City, Missouri, November 18th, and then a few stops in between Texas, Arizona, yet to be determined, ending up in California at uh, the American Freedom Alliance uh, in uh, L.A., Los Angeles. That's December 2nd. And then um, I, I believe it's at Tulace, California, at the Re Reawakening America Tour. So all of that yeah. is up on my site, joebot.xyz, top of my social media, at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z, and, of course, yeah. warroom.org, top of the page. And, and if Mo and uh, and Grace uh, Chong can go ahead and push that out, I want everybody to see where Joe is going to be speaking. And remember, these wars right now, a huge part of this is going to have artificial intelligence, the testing ground, the beta site for AI, where they're going to take it next level. And then you're going to have the singularities all happening on these battlefields throughout the world. Joe, one more time, social media, where do people get you, particularly get this schedule? Nobody's. If you're in these areas, you want to see Joe live with these presentations, where do they go? 
That's going to be November 5th, Indianapolis, Indiana, November 8th, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, November 15th, Nashville, Tennessee, November 18th, Kansas City, Missouri, dates in Austin, Texas, perhaps Phoenix, Arizona, definitely Los Angeles, California, December 2nd, and Tulane, or Tulane, sorry, uh, California, small town, California, reawakening tour, December 15th. So come out. The lectures will be different, each one, and they form a cohesive arc. Yeah. Joe Allen, Dark Aeon. Keep grinding, brother. Joe Allen in the war room, holding down the fort, holding down Fort Apache for us. Okay, short commercial break. Historic day for MAGA. MAGA rising. Your strength and power is now a uh, demonstrable fact on Capitol Hill. Back in a moment. You should choose an air purifier like your life depends on it. Because it just might. More than 35,000 wildfires have devastated the U.S. this year. The toxins and particles in wildfire smoke can penetrate our lungs and threaten our health. That's why EnviroCleanse developed military-grade air purification for your home. And they just announced their biggest sale of the year. Save a massive 30% off during their Labor Day sale. EnviroCleanse is specifically designed to wipe out airborne chemicals and viruses known to cause illness, allergies, and difficulty breathing. Even toxic gases and particles found in wildfire smoke are no match for EnviroCleanse. That's why the Department of Defense chose EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. And EnviroCleanse comes with a free professional air quality monitor so you know your family's breathing purified air. Now's the time to save 30% off your air purification unit. Get the free air quality monitor and fast free shipping. That's at 250 bucks savings. Visit ekpure.com and use code Steve. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. Let me repeat, ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. Take action. Use your agency do it today. Get the benefits of the sale. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bath. Mike Lindell is going to join us. He's going to come back tomorrow and talk about what's happened on the factory floor because we've got uh, Congressman Bob Good joins us. Congressman, you were one of the, the because you're a social conservative, you were one of the mainstays in the fight, uh, you and Jim Banks, to take down Emmer. You also, sir, your story on the arc of your story and actually trying to give Kevin McCarthy a shot was probably the most powerful thing that was said during the uh, during, right before the vote on McCarthy that removed him as a uh, speaker. W- where do we stand right now? Tell us about the Emmer situation. Where we go I hear at six thirty, you guys are going to uh, funnel back in there. And I keep hearing rumors that Kevin McCarthy. The I keep saying the specter of Kevin McCarthy overshadows all this. Congressman Bob Good of Virginia. Great to be with you again, Steve. Thanks for having me. Uh, Tom Emmer graciously withdrew from consideration. And Tom's a good man. Uh, he's, a, he's a strong whip. He's, a, he's an honest guy. He's a tough guy. But there were a number of reasons why about 30 of us had let him know that we just couldn't uh, support him for speaker. And, you know, there's no point in revisiting that unless you particularly want to. But he, when he realized he didn't have the votes, as he said he would, as he said he would, he said, hey, if I don't have the votes to go to the floor, I'm not going to go to the floor. And so he graciously withdrew himself this afternoon. In the most recent vote, it had come down to uh, Tom Emmer and Mike Johnson, strong 
strong conservative, former RSC chair uh, from uh, Louisiana, and, and Tom Emmer had gotten 117 votes, I think it was, to uh, Mike Johnson's 97, so a, a slight majority. And uh, but but then we had a a roll call vote in the conference, just in front of, just like we would on the floor, but it was among just the 220 or so of us. And uh, Emmer only got 188 votes. So then he took some time to meet with those of us who were not able to vote for him. And he realized that he wasn't going to be able to get there. And again, graciously, didn't put the conference through further, you know, delay or having to go to the House floor. And I, I'm grateful that he did that. So now we turn the page. And I think there were other candidates uh, who were in the mix who finished sort of second, third, fourth. Mike Johnson, as I mentioned, from Louisiana. Kevin Hearn from Oklahoma, who leads the Republican Study Committee now. He's been an ally of the Freedom Caucus. He's a self-made guy, grew up from very humble roots, didn't have anything, and, and grew to be, the, I believe, the largest franchise owner in McDonald's uh, and has been in Congress just a, just a short time. Just I, I think uh, this is in his, his third or fourth term. Uh, and then uh, Byron Donald, of course, who you know well, uh, from Florida. Those three were kind of locked in a tight battle to see who could be the primary challenger to Emmer. Uh, I, I don't know if all three are running again now. We're going to have a, another candidate forum. It's going to start in just a few minutes here at 6 o'clock p.m. And uh, we're going to have another candidate forum where those who were in the mix and those who want to jump in the mix are going to uh, uh, make their case. And then we're going to start voting tonight. And my hope is, and I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, that we will be able to select someone in conference. I think folks are getting weary of the delay. Maybe the resistance for the impurest of reasons are breaking down, the spitefulness, you know, the retaliatory things, I, I hope, for the majority of the conference. And hopefully we can get to 217 and then get it voted on the floor very quickly. Uh, you know, honestly, it's, it's not going to be the person who might be my top five candidate for speaker. It's not going to be, you know, for me, that, that Andy Biggs, that Chip Roy, that Matt Gates kind of a candidate who would be my top kind of five type candidate. Candidates. It's going to be someone who represents the conservative center of the conference, doesn't have a lot of opposition. That means they've not been one of those real hardcore fighters that have challenged the status quo and, and, and tried to help us sort of drain the swamp from a congressional standpoint. Uh, but it'll be, but it'll be a, a solid conservative who represents the center of the conference, and it'll be a big upgrade from where we were before. Two uh, members of Tennessee, Mark Green and Chuck uh, Fleischman, have just announced they're also going to make a presentation at the conference. I know Congressman Good's going to have to leave here in a second. What about uh, all kind of rumors out there that there may be a package of McCarthy and uh, McCarthy and, uh, and Jim Jordan as some maybe co-speaker or speaker and assistant? Uh, McCarthy may put up McHenry again for an interim. What can you do? This audience, as you know, Congressman, is uh, are big fans of yours and have been at the ramparts in this thing. Give us some guidance here. Well, I'm, I'm not certain about the, the veracity of that because obviously I'm probably not first on the list for them to float that idea to. But I will tell you that, <laughs> that I will tell you that as we got as we came back to we, we had a, a short recess after uh, Emmer did not get the 217 votes that he needed. He got I think it was 188 in conference after he had. Uh, gotten the majority over Mike Johnson. We had a vote, a roll call vote, so we all had to stand up and say the name, just like on the House floor. And then he wanted to recess for a little bit to meet with those of us who, again, were, were not able to get there for him. And it, again, tough, tough, painful conversations. You got to be brutally honest. Unfortunately, we had to tell him why we weren't going to get there. And again, he graciously pulled out. Well, then we come back into a conference meeting, and uh, someone made the motion to, why don't we just vote on the second place guy, Mike Johnson? 
and see if he can get to 217. Let's take him. To, let, let's see if we can get there. And unfortunately, some folks objected, including Kevin McCarthy, objected to that. Uh, didn't, uh, and I, I suspect out of fear that he might actually been able to get there to try to. So they want to slow down the process, I guess. Uh, so we'll have a new candidate for him at six o'clock. We're going to try to do it from an expedited. Uh, basis, if you will, uh, try to limit a little bit. I mean, if you, if you haven't made your case yet, you don't know why you want to be speaker, you need more time, you're probably not the right person. So uh, we'll have a candidate for him here at 6 o'clock, and uh, again, hopefully we can get someone through. Congressman, how do people follow you? Social media, your website, all of it. How do people keep up with you? It's at Rep. Bob Good. Uh, they can go to good.house.gov and, and, and get my, on my newsletter. That's my uh, uh, congressional. It's nothing political about that. But they want to support me. It's at bobgoodforcongress.com. Appreciate you asking. Because the swamp does strike Congressman, back. Congressman, thank you very know. much for joining us. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> somebody, to, somebody told me that. Thank you, Congressman. I think Congressman just had, I think it was had Gates just down there a while ago. Maybe he has Gates this weekend. Bob Good from uh, God's Country, the heart of Virginia down there around Charlottesville. Um Mike Lindell will be with us tomorrow. MyPillow.com, uh, promo code WARM. Go check it out. They're dumping all kind of specials, all kind of sales. You can't go wrong, so just go check it out. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back. I've got, uh, I've got uh, Peter Navarro. Actually, Naomi, we'll have so much stuff going on in vaccine we haven't had a chance to get to. Also, we're going to have all kind of breaking news about what's going on. This is, I can't emphasize enough. The self-organizing nature of this audience, it was magnificent today. It was magnificent because there was a couple of minutes there towards the end of the morning show. It might look a little grim when Emmers, with all the work we had done, was still going to be the speaker designee. You never know. You never know how these things are going to cut. President Trump came out a little while after that, gave us his two cents, and that uh, that put the nail in the coffin for Emmer. But what you guys had done up until then was absolutely magnificent. You had the back of 26 uh, folks who were saying no, and they knew you had your back, your back, so it was fantastic. Birch Gold, there's so much going on in capital markets. The Washington Post has now coughed it up. It's a two tr- over a $2 trillion deficit. We told you we did the math right. We'll get into that with Dr. Peter Navarro after a short commercial break. Make sure you go to birchgold.com slash Bannon. Also, help build the patriot economy. I'll talk more about this next hour. Public Square, publicsq.com. Next hour, Peter Navarro going to talk some capital markets. Folks, let me tell you about Solti. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer. Every year, year in and year out, heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. 